and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. I'll be joined by Jason in just a bit to give you our main Marvel Comics Podcast of the week. Everything, as I said, if you listen to our midweek show, has kind of got shifted a day and a half or so down the line because of the X-Men podcast. Nobody's to blame. No, I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but it is the podcast I'm not on. So I maybe. Who knows? But no. Actually, it just ended up being a crazy week with everything going down, so everything did get a little bit shifted, so I apologize for that, but here we are, main show. We have a couple books for you to go through in just a minute, but before we do that, let me remind you and ask you if you would please go to our Twitter account. That is WS Marvel Comics. The WS stands for Weird Science. Also, go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can get a bunch of reviews each and every week. From mainly Gabe, almost always Gabe, 100% Gabe. So there you go. And then if you enjoy what you hear here on this feed and want to help us out for everything we do end up doing here and want more podcasts and Marvel podcasts, obviously, but also DC manga, indie comics, all that stuff all rolled up into one, go and at least check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science. You'll see we do a ton of shows around 70 or so unique podcast shows each and every month. I know that sounds like a lot. You don't have to listen to them all, but you could. You could just listen to every one. You can listen to the ones you like, whatnot. But there are plenty of shows, plenty of levels and different things that would be right for just about anybody. So go check that out, please. And all these links will be in the show notes of this podcast and everyone in our campsite bio link click on that you can get all the different stuff going on find out all about everything weird science but i know that most people are here not to listen to me shill that stuff they're here to listen to us talk about some books so we're gonna go right to that now Killing me. 
Ah, yes, and here we are to start off with that book, and I'm here with Jason. That that song takes me back, Jim. Takes me back. Takes me back in time, just like these Avengers. It's funny too because some of that stuff is dated, some is not. I actually, I'm listening. I'm like, we're still dealing with some of these things, and that's from years ago. And yeah, here we are with the Avengers, and I, I don't get it. You end up first off. I don't know if you know this, but I do know that you know this. There's a big event coming up and going on. I'm I mean, aware. Started yeah, really it has head begun. on this week, and it's the Avengers uh, in it. And yet, here we are with the regular Avengers book that at first we thought the main title was, you know, dealing, and it still is. I mean, they're gathering a team, but boy, can it can it take longer than this to get this Avengers Forever nonsense done? Is anybody caring about this? Yet you have two books dealing with this and the regular Avengers book is let's go back in time to try to yeah, gather we do up at some least people, confirm but- that this is the regular Marvel 616 we're just going back and screwing with time and this time we go back and we we learn all about the ghost Ronin he's like a ghost rider but he has a cool ninja sword okay that's the issue everybody see you next people, time that is it we're not going to do much more than this what do you this give is it, not going to be a really detailed deal one now we'll see by the end i i do like the concept of ghost running but really also this is the idea and if you're if you're trying to figure out these things and you get scattered thoughts or whatever you're with everybody else because some of the concepts were in the avengers forever some were in the avengers but that idea that mephisto is big on going back and screwing with the timeline to try to get all these planets including you know the 616 and all this to not have the Avengers. But in this, it just seems like that's an excuse to just randomly pop through time and say, oh, you know what would be cool? Ghost Ronin. And, and, and by the end, you're just to like, what are we doing? And squish together every Marvel character until they become just undifferentiated gray goo. You know what's funny is in the thing and why it would be confusing, and especially last issue, was that idea where we've had the mismatch, the mashups, the multiversal, you know, combos and whatnot. And then all of a sudden you just go back in time. You mention it slightly in an issue before, but you go back in time to see things that look like you're not on the 616. Oh, we're just going to another, but you're not. You're going through. You don't through. see the time travel that happens off panel. They just kind of mention in this book, oh, the uh, the Quinjet has a time circuit on yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you're doing is now instead, of, maybe it's the idea where Jason Aaron's gotten some crap. Hey, listen. We're done with this multiverse. We're done with the mashups. We're done with the mix-ups. So you can't do that anymore. He goes, okay, I'll just go back in time. This might as well be a different multiverse. There's nothing to tie it to anything. It's the Avengers that we never knew about. Even in this, you end up having, I forget which character, go, man, I never heard about this guy. Like no, Nobody has. It doesn't matter what characters said it because all the characters say the same things in this book. Yeah, and so overall, when we talk, earlier about this off off mic you said you know pretty much maybe this is the idea that this book this issue will sell first appearance of ghost run right so (laughs) and if you're doing that then you shouldn't be writing this book if you're doing this where you kind of artificially make up a story just so you can introduce this one character one time he can't move the story forward for some reason like what what is it trying to link up to what is he waiting for i thought maybe he was waiting to link up with this axe event but he's clearly not connected no it's still just going with the mephisto for the event on the cover but nothing else but yeah we'll have to see but this whole you know battle of all the you know, all of the Mephistos of all time and they get these events. It's just like, really, you you are giving 
pretty much drips each time. We're getting nothing each issue. And you can't have people just go through this when the actual deal, and there was the song at the beginning, this book never had much ongoing momentum. It was always, what is the next story? I said, I said this early, and I'm a dummy. I said, this is now Jason Aaron Presents. This is not the Avengers. This is, oh, I want to do Moon Knight. Oh, I'm going to do Winter Guard. I'm going to do Agents of Wakanda. I mean, you have more of those than the actual Avengers. And finally, they ended up changing the logo at the beginning because it was a, a joke, the team they were saying. But what happened? I'm looking at this, but we'll get through this quick. It's it is the Avengers number fifty eight, written by Jason Aaron with art by Javier Garon and colors by David Coriel and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Demon Mephisto has been bedeviling the Avengers Ooh. across all time and the multiverse. Mephisto has also formed his own vast council of red, made up of variant versions of himself. You know, we saw those tons. To further his fiendish that plans. That was a cool spread page. Yeah, it was. The Avengers have ago. been traveling in the past from Mephisto's attack. Yes, there you go. You ended up, yeah, you only saw a brief deal of anything. And now we're just jumping through time. We're just doing things. And this is the Ghost Throne. And where in the meantime, back in time where we start out, you have motorcycle riding. This is the Edo period of Japan. And you have the spirit of vengeance in this Ghost Rider, you know, Ghost Ronin. And you see the Cap and, and Nighthawk. But then they get attacked by a motorcycle gang because Mephisto's screwing mm-hmm. through time. And then and what, through this. What cool things do Cap and Nighthawk do? Nothing. What do, nothing. They just watch Ghost Road and be a badass. Yeah. It's that's, almost that's like every everybody's going to oh, do they're, something. They're attacked but, yeah. by some Mephisto goons out of time. And then the Avengers watch as Ghost Road is a badass and doesn't need their help. Yeah. And then you go off to see Namor and Echo, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And they get attacked by a Viking boat out of time, and the ghost throne and shows up and takes care of that while Namor and Echo talk about their problems with each other. Hey, you know, I know we hate each other. And to the point where Namor starts still complaining about that, you know, fight for the Phoenix. That was years ago. And he's like, I still think it was nonsense because you lost, but then you won. Yeah, it was nonsense. Thanks for reminding me, Jason Aaron, because that was complete and utter nonsense. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the Namor. idea. Yeah. I love how Namor spells it out almost like Jason Aaron is retroactively backdooring in his explanation of, well, I know that you, hey, you know, lost and then rose from the ad. Like, come on now. It, yeah. it was terrible then. You There's just were going to make Echo the this book that says, hey, this, this ghost rock, he's called the ghost room, but it doesn't ride anything. Another character, yeah, just shut up. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yes, we know there's a plot hole, but just it looks cool, so don't. He's don't ride or die. That's what he is. And yeah, you end up where Namor says, "If you get out of hand, Phoenix, if you go dark again, I'll kill you again." And then Echo and the Phoenix say, "Well, we'll kill you too." All right. Thanks for uh-huh. coming. Thanks for showing up. Then you get Jane Foster and Thor, who Jane says, "I I thought you're not supposed to muck up things when you go time travel." And like you just said about, "Hey, he doesn't write anything." Thor goes, "Eh, I met." different versions of myself i didn't like them and so jason aaron is like taking any sort of rules out right just saying don't worry about it's all don't worry about it it looks cool when it does kind of look cool gang it does look cool that's not enough for 12 issues of going nowhere i don't mind the the ghost ronin i think the character could be pretty cool but we're in and out and in the meantime the edo period of japan had a motorcycle gang and a viking ship this has to affect something but they're just there and jane she covets the hammer and Thor. He's still pissed off about the other bullshit. And I hate the curse, mm-hmm. but the bullshit about the Phoenix being his mother 
They're going to work that out at some point. Yeah, they have to remind us that's still a thing. Yeah, there's Odin. Start talking to him. He's, he's talking to him like, hey, what is going on with that? But yeah, that's the thing. And then you end up then Ghost Ronin gets attacked by future cyborgs. But he takes care of all of them before all the Avengers this can get is just, there. There was an old uh, 1990s like arcade fighting game called, I think it was Time Killers. And it was, it was just this. We had you know somebody like a... Uh, a berserker knight and a King Arthur knight and a futuristic warrior. And that's, that's all this is. And then they come in like, Oh man, I thought we were going to help the ghost Ronan, but he could take care of himself. And they're like, you know what I think? I think that here comes the funniest part, but they're like, I think we have to go to the BC Avengers. So we're back to that again. As Mephisto comes riding by cackling. And I'm like, what is this? How goofy. Like yeah, oh my Mephisto, goodness. and then they remind us about that one multiversal Tony Stark in the yep, Destroyer. Yeah, Tony armor. Stark deal, and they're like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "Avengers, let's ride, huh? Let's go chase him. I guess we're gonna go to this next spot." And as they leave, you end up having Nighthawk go up to Ghost Run and go, "You know what? You're pretty cool. Hey, you know what? So are you. All right, the end, <laughs> and five. then it ends. Yeah, and that's it. And that's how Nighthawk introduced the High Five in Edo, Japan. Exactly. And and that's the only thing that ends up changing history. <laughs> the high five is introduced way before its time. So you and end that's up that's where... what causes Hitler. And then that's the thing. That's the problem is Hitler, big fan of the high five. <laughs> he changed it a little. I mean, he's like <laughs> he put his own spin on it. Yeah, yeah. What it is, is actually throughout that we don't realize that that's actually Hitler trying to do a high five. But nobody's they're leaving him hanging. They leave him hanging nobody's and... going to high five him. It's true. Him and Tom Brady. Nobody's going to return the high five. Thanks, Nighthawk. See, there you go. We can blame it all. I think it all works <laughs> out. Now, with that, before we give our scores, Nighthawk as a character here, did you realize, and I know you did, because me and you both answered the mm -hmm. question, nobody knows who Nighthawk is. It shows you nobody's reading this Avengers book. We had a bunch oh, of yeah, people because life, yeah. he shows up in the Axe Judgment Day deal. Hey, who's this? Who's this Avenger guy? Is it Bat? You know, Batman? Like, no, it's it's Nighthawk. He's there. He's been in this. And nobody knew. Me and you were the only ones out of a bunch of people who knew who it was. And that's not good. That means nobody's reading this book. Yeah, it's it's not even like the regular Nighthawk. We still don't even know because the other regular 616 Nighthawk should be around somewhere. This one has the same name, same kind of costume, uh, different skin complexion. And he's part of the uh, part of the Heroes Reborn deal and part yeah. of that squadron, squadron supreme there supreme, that took yes. the place of the Avengers. So it's it's an odd play. It's it's all a mess. I mean, this book is just dawdling and, and it's a, a slog to get through issue to issue. This one, you know, I didn't mind Ghost Ronin, but when you're reading it, you get to a point in each of these issues, especially the last two, where you can't be reading a book and say, really, why am I reading this? Like th that, that's not a good sign when I'm like, oh, what, what the heck is mm -hmm. this? I'm not getting anything. I mean, the, and the I'm art not... in this is really cool. I think Ghost Ronin looks fantastic. He's a great design. This, there's a, a, some of the talky pages I could do without, but you know, this giant Viking ship that looks awesome. Motorcyclists look fantastic. So the art by, is it Javier Garon? Yeah. Javier, the, Garon. Uh, Javier Garon it's looks, good. Yeah. looks fantastic. It's not even our favorite artist for the Avengers. But he's doing a great job here. I, I love the idea that Ghost Ron at one point, this is the, you know, the only progression really is BC Avengers and then him saying, follow the fire for everything all, all Avengers is on fire. You just have to be willing to let it burn. And then Starbrand, is he looking at me? I think he is. And then Mephisto rides by. Ha ha, let's ride. Then that's a, you don't even need that. 
there's nothing here. What would you give it? It looks fantastic. There's no plot. It's painless unless you think about it too hard and worry about where it's going. So yeah, look at the pretty pictures, turn the pages and call it a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go five straight five. I like the art, but yeah, there's nothing here. It's just a, it's a comic book. There you go. If you're collecting this and you still enjoy it, have fun. But I don't know how. It's a weird series. Like you get on and fresh start, fresh start. And what it what it has gone to at this point is so different from what I thought we were going to get or what we're even getting that it doesn't even feel like the same book. And obviously, because it's tying into another book that seems more important than the actual Avengers book right now, which is Avengers Forever. Which is the book that's the important one that the other one has to slow down for. They're both slowing down for each other, and now they're just going nowhere. And now next, we're going to get Reno Phoenix and the Star Brand Kid. All right, that's actually sound. But Starbrand is just not an interesting character to me. Yeah. So a multiversal historical Starbrand is. Eh. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go back to the old west. See what's happening because, as they say, they don't know where they're gonna pop up. Mephisto is playing games with them. Screw that. But we're gonna go to the next book, uh, which you know is a little better. And what is that, Jason? This is Venom Lethal Protector number four of five, maybe. Yeah. The man behind the curtain. It is written by David Michelini, art by Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Brian Valenza, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Eddie Brock is in over his head. He's learned that the love of his life, Anne Weying, is engaged and wants nothing to do with him. A slew of dangerous villains have also attacked Eddie on the streets in New York City. Venom has managed to fend off... Oh, and by the way, all those villains created by uh, Michelini. Don't know if you noticed that. Venom's managed to fend yes. off the likes of Hydro Man, Humbug, and Chance but they're not sure how much more they can take. There's a price on Venom's head. Someone's out for blood, and the sinister symbiote is going to find out who, dot, 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 and make them pay. Yeah, my favorite thing of this book has to be the idea that we get the credits page twice. You have the credits, and then you go to the next page and get another credits page. Yeah, I think they just want it to look like the old-fashioned credits, so we yeah, got to put the newfangled odd. credits and the old-fashioned Yeah, credits. yeah, we get a couple of pages there, and... You have Eddie, and he's doing this kind of remote interview, television deal, whatever. Yeah, this was funny And I, I just, it threw me off, though, of what we were doing and the penultimate issue of what is this miniseries where all of a sudden you're just doing a side deal and seems to be where Michelini is like, I need to get, like, he had a plan. I need 20 of my characters that I'm going to have in this series. Oh, it no, I've only like, had three so Is there some so sort far. of a, a, a contract clause that kicks in if he gets 73 of his own characters yeah, in the exactly. same series? He gets a bonus. He's trying to get, it's funny, he's trying to get like a weird like Bobby Bonilla contract going on here. He, he needs some crazy <laughs> deal his, his going. His pension goes to a higher Every level. Every July, know. I am hitting it big. But yeah, all of a sudden, it's just these characters and it doesn't feel like it's that connected to what we already had it is because you end up having some things continue but it just feels like the whole concept of the series kind of changed a little yeah usually just with the mini series there's like one idea or one thing that ties it together this is just here's some stuff that happened to eddie way back when yeah yeah and the the funny thing is we're gonna even have a peter david issue next with maestro and when you read this, because of this back in the day deal, that's kind of like Peter David's big thing now and, and going. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put them all together with that. But this one doesn't have the focus that I think that some of the Peter David stuff that we've enjoyed has. It's still fun enough. Like you said, this inner, like if this was the first issue and all of a sudden we're just like, hey, here's Eddie's doing. 
it's fun enough. He ends up doing this, but it is a trap. They uh, There's a bounty on his head. So a lot of people are going to be coming after him. So he realizes this and these army guys, you know, these yeah, guys could in very, their I mean, police uniforms very, If you come hand in. this to somebody and tell them it's an issue number one, they they believe it because it feels like it. It seems like a reset and it's weird. It's like a new arc has started, but we only have one more issue. Yeah, we so had there all these little multiple plots arcs that were introduced and now they just went away like the whole Life Foundation thing. I thought the Life Foundation was going to be the big, the big villain, right? Yeah. But no, she got, she got, and he got the new powers and they got the powers taken away and then he killed off the scientist and okay, all done with that. And that was the weird deal. It's like, I'm going to kill them. And so it's almost like that was one where many he killed her so bad. Like the, the, the people that came and saw what was left, like they ruined their yeah. lives too. And oh, they was, were throwing up and, yikes. and we Keeping had humbug earlier and chance and they kind of disappeared they a came bit. And, and they I, went. Yeah. It's, it's sad because we liked humbug, but you know, Eddie gets attacked. By these police officers, I guess it says police on him. It was a little trap to get him down, and they yeah, do end up. This is a fun little little bait and switch because it looks like he's on a, your your silly morning talk show. He's on a set with some little flowers in the background and a cactus, and it turns out that he's being interviewed remotely in a warehouse because the news lady says, "Oh, our insurance said uh, you you can't be here." Which I I agree with, <laughs> but he knew it was going to be a sense. setup then yeah. too. But yeah, it does he, make sense. He knows that there's a bounty on his head. He doesn't know who it is. And he doesn't want to deal with them one at a time. He says, hey, everybody, I'm going to be at Yankee Stadium at noon. You know, all the bad guys come to Yankee Stadium. We know that. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll take you all on at, at once. And, of course, he knew there's a trap, too. The SWAT team comes to try to take him down because he's, he's Venom. He's you know, a villain. And I don't think he actually murders any of the SWAT team people, but he, he beats him up pretty good. Beats him up. And the, the funny play here is, first off, when you do have Spider-Man do some things, and it always is Shea Stadium. You always end up, you know, exactly. old school deal. <laughs> That's where the clone conspiracy is. I yeah. think that this is supposed to be the idea, like, you know Eddie, he hates Eddie the Spider-Man. Eddie Brock so is clearly gonna, a Yankee He's fan. Yankees, yeah, exactly. And, uh, he's and again, Judge. then, w- would you think that, do you think Spidey is a Jets fan then? Because I always do equate oh, sure. the, the Mets, Jets, Yankees, Giants there. And you know, Knicks Nets go the same deal with that. So I think that, yeah, Eddie's a Knicks, Giants, and Yankees fan, and the opposite of Spidey. But I thought that was kind of funny. And none of them watch hockey. It, yeah, really, exactly. No, we're not going to fight between. And even then, Eddie would be a Rangers fan. But you end up having all work. that. That's how I go down the line with those. But it is funny, though, because like you Matt said, Murdoch, the clone deal. He likes the devils. Exactly. He would. That is true. Uh, so when you're going with this, you end up where the weird play is this lady who's doing the, you know, the interview. She's like, oh, my God, this guy. Oh, man, that bum. What are you going to do? I guess I got to get another job and sell. What is it? Sal Paulo. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I think that you really ended up. Real- this is the best thing ever. I mean, you end up seeing action. I mean, this could be a movie right here. But there is a bounty on Eddie. And you end up having Mr. Sticks. This is the best. Mr. Sticks and Mr. Stone. Sticks and Stone. Not Mr. Roboto. No. And it's funny. I put Mr. Sticks in my notes. And I don't know if Mr. Sticks is Dennis DeYoung or Tommy Shaw. I I have to actually (laughs) figure this out. It's obviously Dennis DeYoung. But you end up where, you know, they're there together. They have a history together. It's a Michelini character. So you can go and look it up. But they've relied on each other. And then Mr. Mr. Sticks, he he touches things and sucks the life force out of them. and. Mr. Stone, <laughs> he was like the doctor who plants. accidentally gave him cancer powers. So they're they exactly, hang yeah, yeah, yeah. And at one point, even in the past, you ended up having Mr. Sticks, old Sticks, 
he could have fixed himself by kind of killing Stone and he wouldn't do it. And they do that again here. They ape that again. Those guys are friends. But really all it is is like, hey, we're going to do this and this bounty. But what we're going to do is we're smart. We're going to stop him before he gets to Yankee Stadium. He's going to Yankee Stadium. And I just imagine it's like you go to Yankee Stadium and everybody's just waiting in their seats. They got tickets like all these villains. And they're like, oh, we're the only ones who figure out we'll get them beforehand. But that's what their plan is. And, yeah, it's, and it's they're, cool they're using the apartment of Jonathan Caesar, who I had no idea who that was. But of course, it is yet another Michelini character. Oh, yeah. So even, even the person not on panel, but whose apartment they're in, I think that counts for his contract. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and we're not done. It's, it's gotten to the part where it's, you know, that's seeing, like, seeing Humbug come back. Oh, that's cute. That's fun that he's you know, using his old character. But now, now it's getting silly. Come on, David. Yeah, now it's silly. And that's the the funny thing is you end up where because you're just doing that, there's not really any story here. I mean, this issue is, hey, everybody, meet me in Yankee Stadium and I'm going to beat the heck out of all of you. You want to come get me? Come get me. There's not much more to it because then Eddie starts going off the Yankee Stadium randomly just has to stop a mugging. And even says like, oh, well, Spidey might come and get that. That'd be cool yeah. and we'll kill him too. But he's not good at stopping the mugging. He's good at punishing people, but not actually stopping things because the mugger wants a little something extra from the young lady there. And uh, boyfriend steps in, ends up getting stabbed right in the chest. He's dead. It's yeah, like, that's what? right there. What's I mean, going on? I, I mean, mean that one panel go. with his dead eyes being cradled by his girlfriend, that's a creepy ass panel. It threw me off. I mean, we're in this, and this guy just turns around and stabs him right in the heart. Weird tone, because this is a really goofy story, but every once in a while, we get these dark things thrown in that kind of take the mood down. And I I love there where you have Eddie and Venom looking at this dead guy, looking at his dead eyes, and he's like, oh, man, I think I just figured it out. I cracked the code. Love causes all the problems. I love love this much. I'm like, what is going on? That is, And that's a funny line to come from Venom and Eddie. But to have a, a random mugger kill a guy to look in his dead eyes to get it, I don't know. That's not the greatest or funniest of no. setups of a joke. And so then we go off. Meanwhile, <laughs> you go off in the Caribbean. We get one page to remind us that Death Shield still exists. Because remember, he answered an, an online ad for superpowered goons. And now he's in training with stiletto and i was sure stiletto was going to be another michelini character as far as i could tell he's new there's another character called stiletto but he's a blonde white guy and this is not here's the best here's the best that i laughed i looked up but he is still because he just created him so he's a michelini character Uh, anyway i think that michelini's like well, I ended up like doing all these old ones. How about I create one here? Stiletto. I'm like, the, I don't in the know the 2050s if that's when Michelini does another one of these series, he'll call back the stiletto. <laughs> exactly. We'll have stiletto 30 years from now. And then you get Taskmaster, <laughs> right? Even this. Uh, no, it's the worst. And then they're fighting and stiletto's, you know, slashing uh, Death Shield a little. They're, you know, doing this hard training and they're like, man, let's take a breather. Taskmaster goes, well. Less chuck and more fighting. Man, that's why they call him Taskmaster. That, that was a funny joke. I mean, that's the only reason it's there. He's a real Taskmaster. But man, he's been he's been popping up everywhere, that Taskmaster. He's in Moon Knight. He's in Spider-Punk. So Eddie, he ends up deciding at one point, like he's heading to, it seems, he's going to New York uh, or the Yankee Stadium so that he can beat. But now he's going to go off now. Hey, I'm going to go see Annie. Little detours, a little short attention span that Eddie. Yeah. Hey, Annie, what up? She's like, I'm gardening here and you're a jerk. The you end. ended up my ex fiance. 
You ended up scaring him off. I was protecting you. I can protect myself. Well, maybe later you'll love me again and maybe we'll have a kid and it might cause a lot of problems. I don't know. We'll see later. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I see Annie, I'm reminded of Dylan and that she ends up killing herself. I'm I'm sad again. Yeah, exactly. It's not great. Uh, She ends up at the point basically saying, listen, I hate your guts, but. Maybe later I might, you know, lighten up a bit. So come and see me later. Now, get out of here. Get out of here, jerk. And he goes and he gets out of there. And he's going to head off to Yankee Stadium now, but gets attacked by sticks and stones. Runs the traffic on the Major Deegan, I guess. Can't get to Yankee Stadium, as always. Yeah, he can't get there yet. And, yeah, these guys are attacking. And it's such an overlong attack. It's such an overlong fight. It's okay. I mean, if this, again, if this was the first issue... I mean, but it's like the fight with Hydro Man. It's like the mm-hmm. fight with Humbug. It's, it's cool enough, but come on. They look goofy. Stone looks like he's a He-Man character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. And they're in that air car that comes down. Looks pretty cool. And at the one point we mentioned on our Patreon spotlight, the deal where you don't want a weapon that will end up being able to be used against you. Well, you end up having Eddie with the craziest <laughs> deal. This was this was the funniest part of the book. It's I like so this. set up. He's like, listen. It's great because Eddie... Th- Eddie thinks he's a genius. Oh, he thinks he's the he's greatest. Yeah. That is the good part of it. He's this. heard one line, the line of, you know, learn from history or it's doing to repeat. Like, that's his whole deal. He's like, I get it now. I'm going to turn Mr. Sticks's hand against himself. And like, almost does like you're slapping yourself. You're slapping yourself. Right. And oh, wait, it's not working. He goes, <laughs> you're stupid. That doesn't work on me. Ah, <laughs> uh, crap. It's <laughs> like <laughs> it didn't work. But it is that setup of. I'm a genius, like all those yeah. other heroes. He have- thinks this is the end of the movie, right? He thinks this is the big scene with the swelling strings and the work. music. But no, it doesn't. Does not work. And yeah, they end up taking him down. And even that where at the end you do have Eddie now saying, okay, I'm going to use your power against, you know, Stone. And that's where Styx is like, I don't want to do it. I know I've kind of thought about it before, but I can't. He's my buddy. Oh, no, no. And then you just end up, oh, no, police show up. we got to get the hell out yeah. of here and so, all that. But yeah, then he uses have... that to get the information out of Sticks and Stone as to who, who who put the bounty up, which I don't even know. If I was putting a bounty up, I don't think I'd sign my name. I think I'd just say, here, here's a bunch of money. I don't, yeah. Especially that a guy who seems to be able to do that. He seems to be somebody who is, you know, out and about. He's there mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. He's hanging yeah, out. It turns out to be Justin Hammer, who is basically an Iron Man villain, kind of the evil Tony Stark. And and I don't know if you know this, Jim. Any any guesses who created the character of Justin Hammer? Uh, would it have been Jack Kirby, maybe? Or Stan Lee? David um, Michelini, once yeah. again. Yeah, it's Michelini. It made me laugh because it's like almost like we're just at the finish line. Photo finish. We got one in. One more. High five more. again. Where's Hitler? <laughs> You end up where you Buzzer have that, and, and there you go where you're in the Caribbean, so you assume, you know, that army, whatnot, but whatever. But please, somebody get some air conditioning for that guy helping them out there. That guy <laughs> yeah, is funny. a wreck, yeah. Lawrence. They're, at, they're literally in a, in, a, in a sauna, and, you know, Hammer's got a little bathing suit on, having a mixed drink with some ice. He's got a, a, a suit and a sweater and a tie. Exactly. He has to dress for success. I'd love it is that you have Hammer... Who just keeps it? No, no, you can't have a T-shirt on. <laughs> you know, have to have a sweater on. But with all that, yeah, that's the deal. And they're like, oh my God, Eddie Brock seems to know that we're here. That it's you behind it. Venom's going to be coming to get you. And he's like, well, what we do when company comes a calling, let him in. And that's the end. I thought it was to bake a cake, but then that's me. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's the problem is, is there's one more issue. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I really do. And it says to be continued, and you expected it to say to be concluded because it will. And the problem is, it doesn't feel like next issue can conclude it. So both of us thought, is this longer than we thought? Let's go check in it. Did a little it's research? Ending. No, I guess it's done. But yeah, there's there's no big swell before the, oh, here it comes. And I, I guess the finale is going to be Venom goes down to the island and, and fights this army that has death shield in it. But that feels like just one more thing that's going to happen. So Yeah. Now, with that, please, please, please have a scene where all the villains are sitting in Yankee Stadium saying, like, when is he showing? Like, what's going on? I I, I showed up here to do this, <laughs> yeah, and he didn't nice. show up. Just, I mean, this was a big yeah. deal. Make the artist draw just every villain in the whole oh, universe. Oh, be the best. It, it's like I haven't had this happen since when I went to see Guns N' Roses in the 90s. I mean, Axel never showed up. Yeah, a couple of them playing cards in the corner, trying to, you know, spend some time. For some fighting each other. <laughs> of course. Just doing nothing nonsense things and catching up how's the wife and kids yeah Derek Jeter comes in tells them all to go home that's it and like a Ferris Bueller he's deal, one so. of the villains yes he is isn't he but he is still gift a lot basket, of people man. it seems yes gift basket and that'd be funny they get the gift baskets from Derek <laughs> Jeter what what and then maybe some <laughs> you know some diseases or something like that I heard but with that uh, what would you give them? It's a fun book. I enjoyed reading it. I wish it had a little more of a narrative thrust to it. It doesn't. I guess I'm okay with that. Eh, seven and a half out of ten. It's a good time. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. It's Again, it's it's a little disappointing, and it does seem to just set up the final issue going to the Caribbean yeah. fighting you know, Death Shield and perfectly Taskmaster fine on with the having deal. this being ongoing, and every month we get some fun time with Meathead Eddie. I'd enjoy that. It'd be a nice addition to my... My comment. I'm telling you, at this point, have Humbug teaming up with him. He's his little Robin going around. That'd be funny. Uh, But we're going to end with an ending. We're going to have this last book for the podcast, and it's the last book of this mini, something we've really enjoyed. What is it, Jason? The last book of this series of minis. This is Maestro World War M number five of five, Fade to Black, written by, of course, Peter David, guest artist, hmm, Sebastian Cabral. I don't know why they didn't let Herman Peralta finish it or what happened there. But anyway, oh, uh, colors by Hedros Abertov, letters by VCs Ariana Mayer, Namor called upon the mega beast Giganto to wreak havoc on dystopia and exact his revenge for the destruction of Pacifica. But Giganto proved no match for the maestro. Dr. Doom teleported Namor back to Latveria, where they regrouped with a human torch for a new plan of attack. But a member of their alliance was missing. The abomination, struck by the futility of their battle and his feelings of despair and loneliness in this new world, decided to let himself drown, only to be rescued by the maestro, his own self. Maestro sitting with the abomination. They have the teleporter that they're waiting. Right. Well, we thought it was an actual teleporter, but it turns out it's just like a beeper, right? It's a signal to tell, hey, to tell Winston, it's a page of Winston, you know, beam us back, beam us up, Scotty. But we we know why Winston's not doing it. He's <laughs> No, feats don't fail me now, Winston. <laughs> He's just feet now. That's all he's got. He's just feet. Yeah. So you end up having them get a time to, you know, talk a little about how much they hate each other, how much right. they do this, that, and the other thing. While talk Doom, about Maestro thinks, "Hey, are you just you just playing with me here, Abomination? Abomination? Why, why would I do that? What possible reason can I have to mess with you? I just want to die." You have Hulk say, "Maestro says I'm going to kill you," and he's like, "Who cares? Kill me then, because I don't have anything to live for. This is nonsense. I don't care." And so he's, and I think that Maestro's just like, all right. And at one point they even like, 
you know what there, Abomination? We could have been best friends if it wasn't for you kind of going after my wife and all that stuff. And then Abomination's like, F you. And they go, it's like, all right, it's okay. But he is miserable. He's depressed. Yeah, not exactly a buddy comedy. Now, let Verity have Namor, Jim Hammond, and Doom. And they are, you know, trying to figure out, hey, what? We're getting this call. They end up where it's at the feet. Mm-hmm. Of the deal you just have. <laughs> it's so horrific when they reach down and grab it. What's this making noise? There's a weird deal where it's beeping, and then Jim Ammon goes, I'm surprised you heard it, Namor. Maybe just to make a joke about it's his just big a ears. Joke. He has got pointy yeah, ears. Yeah, I was like, that's weird, things. right? It's so weird. It's, a, but- it's a w- oddly jokey issue again. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so they end up, hey, well, why don't we bring Abomination back? He's calling to be back. Yeah, and, and Doom quickly figures out that I don't know where he got the thought. Oh, maybe he's teamed up with Maestro, but okay, he's doing. Or he can maybe it's out. not even him. He's like, it could be somebody. We don't know who it is or whatnot. But let's have a plan. And I think the whole play is, you know, let's have him teleport into this jail cell. So if it is Maestro, if it is somebody like that, they're trapped, and then we're good. Which it is. It ends up where they start teleporting, and you have Abomination. Grab on, buddy. Let's go. And they end up in that jail, and then Doom talks crap. And says, I am going to just destroy you. I know you guys can hold your breath, but I am going to gas you. I'm like, maybe come up with something a little better than I mean, the idea that you're going to kill them and you know, they can hold their breath for a real long time, but I'm still going to gas you. Maybe that's how it's set up. I mean, it's the maestro. What else can you can you do to kill him? Says, you know, we have made the cell. You can't break out. But then he says, well, it's adamantium, but it's got to be connected to something that isn't. Rips it open and ends up actually slipping through the bars at one yeah, point. He, he kind of turns back into Banner, which is, I think, the only time we see Banner in this whole alternate future situation. Looking, you know, super old and decrepit. And he gets an extra little push from Abomination to get through the bars. Oh, yeah. Abomination and then he pushes holds back he's up. Gonna help him. And yeah, it's it's very unsatisfying. Oh, it's. We don't even see him. Somehow he can break it from the outside. He couldn't break it from the inside. Why? Don't worry about it. It just happens. And then, I mean, even at that point, I know that it would take a bit, I guess, but they are talking amongst that poisonous gas. They're they're yipping and yapping, so they're breathing it in. But that doesn't really matter anymore. They're just going to get out and then hide. <laughs> I like when they're hiding behind the rubble. <laughs> they're like crouched down. Yeah. So, yeah, Hammond and Namor come in to try to catch them. Oh, well, they're gone already. But no, they're just hiding under the pile of rocks. That's it. And the big play here is is that Abomination, he just doesn't care. He's going to die anyway. You get to the control room so you can end up teleporting me out. We'll take down this whole place. Maybe we'll blow it up. And then there's a big fight. You end up having, you know, Namor gets to take it back because Maestro was beating up Namor earlier and the Imperious Rex and stuff is said again. While Maestro makes a hole in the floor and Abomination goes down to take care of some guards and end up doing the teleport. But the thing is here where you have to throw in this character moments where Namor is fighting, you know, toe to toe a bit with Maestro at this point. Maestro might be a little hurt and whatnot. And yeah, and then he starts just thinking it's of the mind again that we had. And now it's all the loves of his life that he's seeing, including Sue. You end up having uh, Numa, Dorma, and then and and Sue. Sue Richards. That was funny. They're all, and then he's—I guess he's just talking to himself here, right? He's just gesturing wildly in all directions. And Maestro says that was weird, and just clops yeah, him, Maestro clops just clobbers him and goes, "That was really weird." Uh, that was weird. And then and then moves on. And so funny joke, but an odd place for a joke. And the thing is, with this now that we have to think about it, I mean, we're going off to 
the story that already took place in the past. So things have to get done. Things have to be yeah. kind of we have know, to fit we in. have to clear the decks. We know that he's going to end up on the throne with really no opposition. So yeah, nobody here is going to be We've got to fast forward to to get everybody off the board. So Abomination goes down, and at one point he's like, "Listen, I was a spy, so I know how to do tech and hacking." So he goes down and hacks. And at the one point when you add Doom, that looks like he's going to kill Maestro. Yeah, Maestro's got this big old Hulkbuster kind of armor with his giant glowy gun. And we're led to believe this gun can actually kill Maestro. I don't know why Doom didn't use this I said before. That. Again, that's handy. what I'm saying. It seems like nothing would kill him anyway. So you just, play. but he's going to kill him. Jim Hammond flames on, doesn't understand because it does kind of get between and makes Doom like, ah, oh, he like pulls back. And it's because you end up having Abomination as hacked into that and was controlling Jim Hammond. Very conveniently, he can hack everything. Oh, yeah. It just ends very he, he conveniently throughout. He can change Ferris Bueller's grades. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, yeah. He's doing it all. And then basically, you know, I'm going to teleport Maestro out and I'm going to blow up this place. And that's kind of how the deal where you end up like, hey, guess what? I heard Jim Hammond could go real Nova. I heard you guys talking about that. Well, Hell, let's try it. Boom. And the whole, you know, the whole castle yep. goes so up. Maestro's so teleported dead. back to Dystopia. And then all these other characters who don't exist in Future Imperfect now don't exist anymore because they all got blown up. Yep. And then you even have, you know, the minister there with him again and all this stuff just reset where you're there. And it's like, okay, here we go. We're off to Future Imperfect. And then at the end, you do have like a little epilogue of that, you know, Rick Jones and the secret bunker. We're going to end up going through time. We have the yeah, stuff. They whatever, have the time you know. platform from Dr. Doom, which is how they bring Hulk into this new future. And that's how they send, as you recall, Maestro, they, they off him by sending him back in time to right before the original gamma bomb explodes. And that's how they kill him in the past. Yeah, that's the big deal. So you end up having that wink, wink. That's how we do it. And like, okay, there we go. And even that wasn't, Really, I want it more with Rick Jones. I want it more with, you know, the granddaughters and things like that going on. And you didn't really get it. You really just had it at this point. Yep, we're back to the future and perfect. There you go. And it's over. And it was kind of a disappointment. But then you do have a deal where we'll get a Joe Fix-It deal from Peter David's doing a lot recently. These things are selling decent enough. So they're going to keep letting them do this stuff. So hopefully, you know, that Joe Fix-It will be pretty cool. And yeah, that's, that's coming up sometime next year. Yeah, yeah, and that ends the deal. So we're done with our maestro stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, and this issue was was dedicated to George Perez, which was nice. So what would you give this? It was a fun enough time. I kind of wish it was a little more serious, a little more gravitas for wrapping up this huge epic story. But it was it was okay for what it was, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. A seven again. It's, it's just the same as kind of like, and I, I'm expecting the Venom... A lethal protector to kind of end with us saying kind of the same thing it was kind of cool to go back and and see some things here and had some fun with it so we don't mind mm -hmm. fun but what is your book of the week boy i had kind of a three-way eh, kind of tie i guess i'm going to give it to you know just for the the sake of it give it to maestro world war m number five i'm gonna too because it's the ending we'll, we'll yeah. leave you know, maybe venom lethal protector can get it next time around but i'll give maybe maestro world war m number five what is your cover of the week? I'm going to give my cover of the week to Venom Lethal Protector number four, cover by Paolo Sequeira and Matthew Wilson. I think I've given it to them every time because I like their style. It's funny. At one point, I was thinking of giving it to the new Fantastic Four, but I'm going to give it to 
the Venom Lethal Protector as well. It was a good cover. Okay. There's some pretty cool covers this week. So we end up having that. But that is it for the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And Thank if you, you would go over to the Twitters, and that is at WS Marvel Comics. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com to see reviews by Gabe. And then check out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash weird science and get a bunch of shows things early access and one of the bigger ones is our weekly spotlight and me and jason talked about what did we talk about again now i'm trying to think shang chi and the ten rings number one yep and also new fantastic four new fantastic four number two so you can go and listen to those as well but that's it we're gonna be out of here and thanks mm-hmm. jason we did i didn't think Thank that you, this the Crap sucker came in because you were waiting for the septic in fact, system it deal. Did, but I it, heard one little broke. thing at one point. Apparently, okay, apparently well, our septic system defeated the sewage sucking truck, and they have to go back weird and fix because it. Because I mentioned that, I mentioned that that I fixed those hoses. <laughs> I think I jinxed them. If you oh, could come over, Jim, we could really use your expertise. Yes, right now. I could Please. end up doing that. I'll put the new flanges on those things Ooh. and get going. Oh, yes. We'll do it all. Yes, they're the greatest. So with all that, though, what do we say at the end of the podcast? (laughs) We say have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in a septic seven. See you in a septic seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.